Patreon.com slash the walk-off podcast. Uh, $4 a month gets you in there. Baseball, Blue Jays, and more baseball. It's the walk-off with Scott Belford and Adam Mack. This ball is crushed. The diehard podcast for the casual fan. And another one. My goodness. What a tough loss to swallow yesterday. Just a drumming. Just a drumming. Yeah, it was. uh... Look, I'm not going to lie. It's hard to wake up and do a podcast this morning. I know the Marlins are probably better than anyone's giving them credit for. I would agree with that. I had higher hopes for this series than mm-hmm. an 11-0 opener. <laughs> What's really frustrating about this 11-0 loss is that Honestly, it was so much easier to take than it being a two nothing loss, which has been pretty much the MO of this team this season is yeah. like, you know, great pitching and then no offense to back it up. At least this time with the no offense, there was also no pitching, which hasn't really been the case. You know, I, I, I know I messaged this to you yesterday. Uh, I just got such a kick out of it. Sportsnet stats tweeted out. Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s double play grounder had an exit velocity of 113.7 miles per hour. It's the hardest hit ground into a double play by any MLB player in the StatCast era since 2015, which long toss veteran Jen, baseball Jen, retweeted it, and she quote tweeted it as, what an utterly ridiculous thing to tweet, <laughs> which sums it up so beautifully. Like, I, I honestly, man, I was laughing so hard at this stat last night. I shouldn't, I don't know what was wrong with me. You know, when you get into those like little giggly, you know, like the world was shitty. We just lost 11, nothing. And Sportsnet's out there tweeting about how Vladdy is hitting into double plays at a rate at a, at a harder hit rate than anyone in history, you know, the least desirable play in baseball. He did it with an exit velocity. That is just, Oh boy. Fire. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, I kind of joked of like, it's kind of being like, Hey, where can I get food poisoning, but still have the food taste good. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> You know, it reminds me of, I don't know, you're not the biggest football guy in the world, but you're familiar with Brett Favre. Yeah. He holds like the all-time record I, for most interceptions. I watch There's Something About Mary, Adam. Okay, yes, Brett Favre. Um, but like he holds the, by a long shot, the NFL record for most pass interceptions. And it's just like, you have to be so good to be that bad. Yes. And that's where I fall on this whole Vladdy stat. It's like, <laughs> man, can he ever crush the ball? But right now, it's just not going in the right spots. So I just I love that it's like no double play has ever been turned that quickly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Hearts have never been broken so quick. So uh, great on Vladdy. Yeah, man. Uh, tough game hey, to watch. Speaking of uh, full blown jinxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and us jinxing Jose Brios. 
Uh, I will take all the lumps for full-on jinxing Nate Pearson. Oh, yeah. That was another one, eh? Two back-to-back stinker outings. Back-to-back stinkers from Nate. What the heck, man? He waited for me to add him to my fantasy team is what right? happened. Oh. <laughs> we double jinxed him, basically. Yeah, man. Eight earned runs over the last inning pitched. Uh, his ERA has ballooned from 196 to 488. Oof. Yuck. Yeah, that happened Yuck. quickly. Yuck. That happened quickly. That is the downfall of being a reliever and why stats like whip are so much better to follow along is that one or two bad outings in a year can literally ruin your ERA for months. So a bummer yeah. to see, but uh, lots to get to here. It is mailbag Monday morning mailbag on a Tuesday afternoon here. And you folks have hit us with a ton of comments and questions. So we won't uh, dawdle too long here. I'm Scott Belford, joined as always by the best co-host in the biz, Adam Mack. We go through and comb through all the interactions throughout the week, assembling your questions and comments, which you can get to us by DMing us on Instagram, the Walk Off Podcast, on Twitter at Walk Off Podcast. You can also join our Discord. That's easy to do. Just hit us up with a DM, either Insta or on Twitter, and we will send you a link. Things are always happening in that Discord. We're pushing 250 members at this point, and it's just nonstop Blue Jays and baseball talk. And then the Patreon, you get that that priority bump, right? Four bucks a month, and you get that priority bump, baby. So we read every single one of our Patreon questions and comments, and we appreciate all of you. Yeah, by the way, on Patreon, uh, Nick asked, Oh, sorry. I came down with a cold recently. I have sniffles and I'm very self-conscious of myself sniffling into the mic. So if at some point today there is dead silence for about 20 seconds, it's because I've (laughs) muted my mic for a sniffle and have forgotten about it. So I'm going to try my best to enunciate and not stumble on my words. But Nick S on Patreon commented on uh, yesterday's uh, what was yesterday's MLB show? Mondays. MLB Mondays, yes. And uh, asked, where's the best place to ask questions for the mailbag? To which I responded, shoot us a DM right here on Patreon. But then Nick never got back to us. So, <laughs> well, now here, he knows. Yeah, now no, you maybe know, he Nick. didn't even have a question. That's what I love. Maybe Nick is just proactive, right? He's just, not, just he, he had he no question. He's like, what if something does come up? I need what to know. If something comes up. Yeah, what if you guys... Keep calling Kevin Gossman, uh, Gary Gossman. Uh, and I need clarification on that. Who do I talk to? Where do I send that message? Which, by the way, dozens of comments coming in on uh, Gary Gossman. Um, so this is was... what happened, everybody. I, I We're going to clear this up now because we know it's Kevin. What happened is that Adam, somewhere along the lines, I think it was a couple of weeks back, called Kevin Kiermeyer Gary Kiermeyer. And then almost seamlessly, I did not correct him, by the way, almost <laughs> seamlessly went into talking about Gosman and called him Gary Gosman. And then I burst out laughing and we have been just <laughs> interchanging Kevin and Gary nonstop since. So if, if you're hearing Gary's where there should be Kevin's, you're now in on the joke. That's it. That's it. Uh, yeah, that's 100% it. Um, I did dabble with a, 
AI image generator combining Gary Gossman with Gary Gullman. Uh, yes. Nightmares, Scott. These images. <laughs> You're like, we're not even going to show them. <laughs> we're, no, we're, we're not going to show them. So Gary Gullman in a Blue Jays uniform, uh, a.k.a. Gary Gossman. <laughs> the things of nightmares is what this is. Yes. So that's uh, that's what it is. So. All right, so before we get right into this, because we do have a big mailbag, we do have a little bit of housekeeping here. The first live walk-off podcast ever is in two days here in Calgary, and we are we are dead set on uniting Calgary Blue Jays fans under one roof, okay? We're selling tickets. We've got people coming out already. Bottle Screw Bills is where this is taking place. The show is going to be at 7.30, doors at 7.00. It's going to be your typical walk-off podcast. We're going to be there talking Blue Jays, talking baseball, but we're also going to have a little stand-up comedy involved. We're going to have some giveaways, and we're going to do a mini mailbag, a live mailbag, where we go into the crowd and kind of talk uh, Blue Jays with you, the listener. So how do you get in on this? Tickets, we're going to have a link pinned in the comments on YouTube or in the show notes. On the audio side, you use the code WALKOFF to get your five bucks off. And Bottle Screw Bills actually got a hold of me yesterday and was like, hey, we'll give away another table here. Just however you want to give them away. So this is what we're going to do for Mailbag. Literally, if you're in Calgary and you want to come to the show, we got a table of four. Four tickets were given away. All you need to do is reach out on Twitter or on Instagram mention you're in Calgary and want to go, we'll automatically put you into the, draw, into the draw and we'll let you know by Wednesday morning. So tomorrow morning, we will draw the the winner. Uh, we don't have a show tomorrow, so I will just be in touch with the winner and we'll go from there. Okay. I think we're good to go. I feel like we, you're on mute. <laughs> the first question, Scott, the very first question. <laughs> The very first mailbag, and I've done it. Okay, perfect. Oh, that's great. You can't it's write good this you, stuff. It's good. It's good. You warned everybody, though, and I love that it took one minute for it to happen. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing stuff. Okay, now that we've weeded out all the casual fans, uh, just the diehard grounds crew are left. Uh, <laughs> let's get to uh, question number one. So, firstly, Kevin from Patreon says, uh, "Gary, hey, we." No, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, well done. Well done. Uh, it says, we have been absolutely bailed out by the fact that the Yankees have lost four straight. The Astros have lost five straight. And don't look now, but the Red Sox are back in the picture uh, with a five-game winning streak. This is a nightmare for Blue Jays fans, but this is good for the sport, right? I mean, if you're going to take a silver lining... That's probably the one. It definitely does create more engagement from more fan bases around Major League Baseball. I think that's what they were attempting to do in expanding the playoffs was create excitement in June and July for more fan bases, right? Because there was a lot of teams like Kansas City, like Oakland only two years ago that were like, we're done. It's middle of June. This is over. And this has created a... What is it? What would you call it? A delusion bubble for some fans? We get to be delusional a little bit longer? Teams yeah. like the Chicago White Sox get to start doing the math and being like, we're actually only like four games out of the lead of this division. This god-awful 
AL Central Division. By the way, I do think that Yankees and Astros fans and podcasts are also saying things like, boy, oh boy, the Blue Jays are bailing us out right now and not getting hot. The Red Sox coming up on our on our heels. Believe me, it's a, it's a great point by Kevin that it's good for baseball. But yeah, it does suck for Blue Jays fans. And honestly, I guarantee Yankees fans, Astros fans, we're all in the same boat. We're all looking at these teams being like, what is happening? These are better than their playing teams, right? Baseball. Baseball. I mean, you don't have to go too far back, maybe, what, 10 years where it was just four playoff teams? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at the standings right now. It's obviously Rays, Rangers, and the Minnesota Twins leading their division. And then Baltimore has the sole wild card spot. I mean, if you're the Mariners, you're eight and a half games out of a wild card spot already. You're probably, yeah. your season's done. And you have the same division, or I'm sorry, the same record as the Minnesota Twins. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, actually a half game up on the twins. If you want to be, if you really want to rub it in their face. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, it's good for baseball. It's a frustrating little wrinkle, but I don't know. Speaking, I just want to, we will get back to this mailbag real quick, but I do wish your opinion on all the talk of realigning the divisions because of how bad the AL Central and NL Central are making the rest of baseball look, right? In your opinion, is that just a Band-Aid solution that could wind up with this league in the same position? Like, if they're going to do something like that, do you think disbanding divisions altogether is probably the way to do it? That's what I was going to bring up. Like, I don't necessarily like the idea of disbanding divisions because I do like divisional rivalries. Mm-hmm. You know, I like having to worry about four other teams specifically, and then everybody else is a bit of a crapshoot. I don't want to have to follow all 15 teams in the American League to to worry about that. but this playoff format does need some further tweaking. Mm -hmm. Like maybe only the top two division winners get a playoff spot and the third division winner can be wild carded out. Does that make sense? It's kind of, it, it does make sense. And it is kind of wild to think how much taking five games, uh, divisional games off of all of these teams' schedules has completely changed the dynamics within the American League. And I mean, to a lesser extent, the National League. I mean, the American League Central is a problem. It's a problem for baseball. You don't wish to have a division winner that is under 500. Currently, I think Minnesota is one game under 500 and leads the division. If they're not, by the way, I just missed that in the standings and they're probably they are right one at game five. under 500. They're 36 so there you and go. 37. But how do you fix it properly? This is the thing. I don't think 
that bait like there's always unintended consequences to rule changes and i'm not sure if major league baseball saw this coming in the al both pal five teams being literally doing historical things for this division guys it's almost july 1st and this division doesn't look like it's going to have a team under 500. It just doesn't. Like at this point, it truly feels like all five of these American League East teams are going to finish with a record above 500. And that could all come out in the wash. And maybe we do watch Boston, who last year kind of had the similar thing happen, right? They started slow. Everyone was like, huh, maybe Boston's not for real. Then they had that super hot streak. And by about mid-June, they were right in the thick of things again. And then they completely fell off. So maybe we see something like that again. However, I don't personally see it happening. I think Boston's a better team this year than they were last year. And we've seen some really step, some huge steps forward with Baltimore. I think that Toronto should be able to right the ship. I think that you look at the Yankees. I mean, yes, Aaron Judge is injured, injured currently. Their pitching is reeling. They're still there, though. That's the thing with this New York Yankees. Yeah, they, they've lost five in a row or what was it? Maybe that was the, the Astros. I think they've lost four in a row. But nonetheless, the fact that they have not fallen completely out of it and are still sitting there in a wild card spot. I don't know, man. This is a wild division. I mean, I know I'm going to get flack for this. I still like the idea of, of eight teams making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know. We, we, we vary there. I hated, the fact they ex- I hated the fact they expanded playoffs at all, but I'm just old and like the status quo, I guess, because I don't even mind that the playoffs are expanded now. Like now that it's been a year, I'm like, you know what? This is fun. Yeah, I mean, playoff baseball is just the best baseball. Give me mm-hmm. more of that. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's where I come down on the, on the whole subject. Um, I just worry it waters the product down, but yes. Maybe. I don't know. Look, if it was still, let's just say, three division winners and one wild card, because that's probably the baseball that both you and I grew up following, right? Like it was, Mm -hmm. I know originally it was just a World Series, so we don't have to go that crazy with it. Um, But if, if it was just four teams making the playoffs... Would the Blue Jays be sellers at the deadline? Oh, yeah. You would have to be. There would be so many sellers at the deadline, obviously. <sighs> like, I, I don't think we have a shot at a... At the, at the Orioles. We're six and a half back. Do we have a chance at a home playoff game? In the first round, I, think I don't so. think so. I, I, I do. I still. Did we catch I the still, Orioles for the number I, one wild card spot? They play the Orioles six more times. Yeah, man. I, I think it's totally possible. Listen, this team really has to improve. They got to find their offense. Vladdy, there's a lot of things that need to go right for this team to catch Baltimore. Number one, Vladdy's got to get right. 
Number two, Ryu has to step in and be a viable option in that five hole. Uh, we need just the bats in general to come around. I mean, if you start looking at this lineup, who, who expected George Springer to slump? I mean, this is a thing that's not being talked about. Springer's not having a great season. He's been fine. He's not. He's just not the George Springer we saw last year and in 2021. He's just not. And it's being overshadowed a little bit because Vladdy is slumping so heavily. It's being overshadowed a little bit because Bo Bichette has been literally lighting the world on fire. But George Springer is the catalyst at the top of this order. And we need to see more out of him, especially while Vladdy is reeling. Um, OPS plus for George Springer. 105 this season. So still above average, but his previous career low was 114. Every other season, uh, 126, 129, 141, 150, 141, 141, 132. So still good, but definitely, like you said, not what we expected. I mean, it's the same thing with Vladdy, right? Mm hmm. Having a terrible year by Vladdy's standards, but I think I would love to be as good of a baseball player as Vladdy is, but oh, for we're not sure. winning a like World Series with me playing first base, that's for sure. That is absolutely true, but I mean, you start to look at how they roadmapped this season out in the offseason and one of their prime, one of their, one of their biggest goals was to get George Springer out of center field and hopefully have him play more, and he has. And the reasonable expectation was that if you could keep George Springer on the field, that you would see more production out of him. That has not been the case. The reasonable expectation was that Vladdy would not take a huge step back at 24 years old. He has. The reasonable expectation was even with uh, some regression, Alec Manoa is still a top three pitcher in the starting rotation. He is not like we can blame Ross Atkins all day long for a lot of things like starting pitching depth. But a lot of the things that every fan was betting on Ross also bet on and it hasn't worked out again. I am not making excuses for Ross Atkins. I'm just saying this runs a lot deeper than Ross Atkins, right? Like there are some very, very good general managers that can make some assumptions on the team that they have been in control of for half a decade. And if those standards you've set, just don't, don't hit the, the, the mark. You're in a situation like the Toronto Blue Jays right now, sitting 39 and 35, four games above 500 with a team that you're spending over $200 million on. Yeah, it's uh, it's frustrating. We need our big boys to be the big boys, and uh, they're certainly not right now. I know uh, fantasy football is a big aspect of my life every September through January. Nothing worse than seeing your first round draft pick get arrested on gun charges. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. and you're just like, okay, well, Ray Rice just punched his girlfriend in an elevator. 
I guess my whole season's a write-off at this point, right? Yeah. And that's kind of where I feel like with these guys is like, come on, like I need, I need my studs to be studs here. You know? I mean, if you had told me that Whit Merrifield's OPS plus would be substantially higher than George Springer's at the beginning of the season, I would have told you, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, I'll give you that. Uh-oh. Is I right. mean, big win that Wit is having such a great season. He truly is. But, whew. Yeah, I don't need my third wide receiver to be getting more points than my quarterback. Uh, I'll tell you that for sure. Yep. For sure. Okay, uh, let's get to the next part of the mailbag here because this kind of ties in. So this one comes in from Kikuchi's Beard um, on Twitter. It says, hey, buddy, another great long toss. Curious, uh, why does old Whiskey Nose get a free pass? Dave Hudgens is our hitting strategist, and we seem to have no strategy or good idea when up at the plate. Uh, never hear his name tossed around. Just Guillermo Martinez, who should also go. For a fresh voice, I feel Hudgens' position could be uh, one that could be filled creatively. Maybe a Victor Martinez fits here rather than a full-blow hit-C or a hit-C. I'd also lean into James Click to see who he would hire in the hitting coach spot. GM or not, I'd absolutely go with his gut on this over Shatkins. Uh, let him put his first successful stamp on this team, maybe the first of many. And I think we did kind of touch on this, Adam, in the last three minutes here of chatting, which is basically the coaches can't score runs. Which is truly as mundane of a response as I can give to this comment. And it's probably been overused. That said, the Blue Jays may be at a point where they do need a sacrificial lamb. And I think Kikuchi's beard is correct that Dave Hudgens, Dave Hudson, Hudgens, sorry, my God. Dave Hudgens probably is on the hot seat. Guillermo Martinez probably is on the hot seat. I don't think this team is going to fire John Schneider. I may eat my words. That said, it looks so bad on Ross Atkins. We've talked about this before. They fired Charlie Montoyo just last year. And how many how many managers can you fire when you're four games above 500? One a year? Like <laughs> This is the same team. So they need the players to step up here. Now, I, I hate saying this over and over again, but it is true when it comes to the Toronto Blue Jays, for whatever reason, they seem to pull their ass out of the fire in the second half of the season. It was that way last year. It was that way in 2021. Remember 21, right? We all, we all had written this team off and then they won 91 games. This team absolutely could still win. 92 games, 93 games. They'd need to be on a 600 winning pace. That's doable. The fact they're only half a game out of the wild card also shows you how tight it is going to be to make the playoffs. And that, yes, you can go on some losing streaks and still be in it. 
so maybe maybe Kikuchi's beard is right. Maybe we see Dave Hudgens on the way out and them try and shake up this roster by having a sacrificial lamb. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I, I think if we knew the answers, we'd be working within this organization. <laughs> well, can't, can't play the uh, players-only meeting card again, can we? Well, they did have three players-only meetings last year, so maybe they can. It's just getting a little bit. They need a win here tonight. Like, this... This cannot continue to go on. Like, I don't want to be going into Oakland being like, well, we need to add or not going into Oakland, but coming home with Oakland going to Toronto being like, okay, they absolutely have to sweep this series. Like, let's win a couple in Miami. Oh, come on. Guys. All this talk of Luisa Rice hitting 400 and the, the trolling the Miami Marlins Twitter did with the fire and ice of Vladdy and ice and Luisa rice and fire. I mean, I, was it trolling or were they just looking into the future? Luisa rice, by the way, hitting 400 again after going five for five. I also jinxed him. I reverse jinxed him, Scott. I think, <laughs> yeah. I think I, uh, you after, Adam after straight his... up yesterday came out. and was like, oh he's not going to hit 400 again for the rest of the year. <laughs> and then literally later that the day, next day, goes five for five and gets right back to it. So, and then Brios implodes and Nate Pearson uh, continues to have whatever. Yeah. I'm just eating a lot of crow lately and it's not my favorite flavor of bird. So, yeah. Okay. Um, let's move on then. Uh, Jenna on Twitter says, Hey guys, love the show. I know you both have defended the Varsho trade, but I think it's pretty safe to say Arizona is the winner now. I mean, they are first place in the NL West this year on the back of Lourdes and Moreno. This team, on the other hand, isn't even in the playoffs right now. Okay, so a few things here. Number one, Jenna, thank you for reaching out and contributing to the walk-off community. We really do appreciate it. And I guess Adam and I, our defenders of this trade. I honestly still think, man, that the time to start evaluating this trade is next year around this time. You know, it's so difficult to accurately evaluate a trade that has a player with four and a player with six years of control in two and a half months of a season. And I, I, listen, yes, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. had a heater. Of an April, he was absolutely the catalyst of this D-backs offense. But th this was a damn good D-backs team with an excellent core of controllable young players well before this trade was made, right? Like the starting pitching has been excellent this year, but it was good last year on the back of Merrill Kelly and Zach Galen. The bullpen has been great all season long. Super hyped prospect Corbin Carroll has literally worked out in every single way. He is going to probably win the NL Rookie of the Year. So I guess what I'm getting at is my pushback to this comment, Jenna, and thank you for, for writing in, is they are in the first place on the backs of Lourdes and Moreno is a little bit misleading. They are in first place because they are a well-constructed team with balance and plenty of depth where they're Young, controllable core has taken a never, another step forward developmentally. 
Like Lourdes Gurriel Jr., man, this is who he is. He, he, he played like this in Toronto. He's an incredibly streaky player with below average defense. Lourdes is ice cold, by the way. His 1.6 wins above replacement on the season, just so to put it in perspective, was sitting at 1.5 wins above replacement April 29th. Like he's not he's not doing what Chapman did, but there is a little bit of a comparison in his season here. His numbers are basically his career average numbers right now. Career for Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is a batting average of 284 and an OPS of 804. He's currently hitting 280 with an OPS of 835. Yes, he's got 11 home runs on the year, seven of those in April. In his last 15 games, he's hitting a buck 80 with a slugging at 377, and it's only worse over the last seven games where he's hitting 133 and a slug of 233. Listen, I, I honestly, and I, Adam, I, I kind of hate these questions, and no offense, Jenna. I just, I, I always feel like I'm shitting on Lourdes here. I'm not. It's just, we know who he is. He's a 30-year-old left fielder on an expiring contract. He is not the reason the Diamondbacks made this trade. The Diamondbacks traded Varsho, a guy who, by the way, they came out at the trade deadline last year in a press conference from the front office and named him as one of the players they would not be moving. The reason the Diamondbacks traded Dalton Varsho was for Gabriel Moreno, right? Under control for six more years. He's 23 years old. He's got a cannon of an arm. But I sure would love it if Jays fans stopped acting like he's Adley Rushman. This is no offense to Gabriel Moreno. Adam, he's 82 games into his Major League Baseball career and everyone's acting like he is going to be JT Realmodo. He's got a lot of development to go before he gets to that. And, and listen, his stats this year are fine, right? Like his stats this year are fine. But both our catchers, Jansen and Kirk, despite struggling, both of those guys have struggled this season, have better numbers than Gabriel Moreno do, right? Like Moreno's sitting at a, a batting average of 267, two home runs, and an OPS of 650. Yeah, I mean... So Diamondbacks are, what's the right word for this? They're a good team. Yeah. Um, Gabriel Moreno, as you touched on, I think he started the season hitting around 300 for the first month. Yeah. And it was really looking... Um. It was a glaring reminder of of what we lost in the mm-hmm. trade, right? Because I think everybody was a big fan of Moreno's in, in Blue Jays land. But let's look at the last month, okay? It's June 19th today. So dating back to May 19th, uh, Arizona Diamondbacks, 2010s went, sorry, 20 wins, 10 losses. So they're 10 games over 500. They have not been doing that on the back of Lourdes Gurriel 
Jr. and Gabriel Moreno because Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is hitting 234 with an OPS under 700 in that time. And Gabriel Moreno is hitting 177 with an OPS under 500 in that time. Like you said, Corbin Carroll, they've... It's a good team. It's a good team. It's a good team that made some really good ads. And listen, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. was a huge catalyst to this offense in April. He absolutely was. But there's a bigger picture here. And I mean, Dalton Var show even the biggest detractors of this trade and guys who, and I know there's a lot of Blue Jays fans who have already decided Dalton Var shows a bum. How could they have ever made this trade? It's already like if you're, if you're that bias and have already decided, then there's nothing that we can say. And I'm not trying to convince anyone that the Blue Jays won this trade. What I'm saying is that this trade deserves more time before truly being evaluated even those who are detractors of Dalton Varsho, though, will admit that he has improved this outfield defense substantially compared to Lourdes Gurriel Jr. And you know what? He is putting up some numbers in his last 15 games. Dalton Varsho's hitting 301 with a slugging of 520. He's hitting for power. He's got 12 dingers on the season, kind of on pace for that 27 to 30 home run range. So for me, the verdict is still out on this trade. And I kind of am at the 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 point with this trade of like, I think mentally the best thing for all Diamondbacks and Blue Jays fans that we could do is just accept Dalton Varshow is now a part of this team. Forget about how Gabriel Moreno and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. are doing, vice versa for Diamondbacks fan. Just enjoy the fact you've got some really good, controllable young ball players on your team. Yes, Gabriel Moreno has a lot of development left in his game. Which is why the Blue Jays chose to move him. And don't get me wrong, I think they, they would have rather moved Kirk. But you only get to trade who the opposing team is after. Right? Like, you can't make a deal and it be one-sided. You, you slide the paper across and then be like, yeah, that's done. Good. So I think what happened is that the Diamondbacks wanted Moreno over Kirk. We don't know. We'll never know. All we know is that when we were lucky enough to have Mark Shapiro on the show and we brought up this trade, he mentioned the only way to get the trade done was to include Lourdes, which is why Lourdes was involved. Lourdes was not the piece that either of these teams had the deal centered around, obviously. Anyways, Jenna, thank you so much. I I hope you didn't take offense to... <laughs> our pushback there but uh yeah i i don't think if you were looking for us to be like yeah you're probably right on this one the diamondbacks one i'm not there yet um by the way in the last month alejandro kirk hitting 291 ops of 675 so not the best but nice batting average from kirk uh he's never going to be a slugging percentage kind of guy uh, Danny Jansen, however, 273 batting average, OPS 971 in the last month. Danny Jansen, currently sitting at, I think it's nine home runs on the year, has missed some substantial time, is still on pace to probably have a career year 
when it comes to home runs, as long as he can stay healthy. And I mean, health has been a concern for, for Jano over, over the years and, and staying healthy behind the plate. But whenever he's been on the field, right? Like whenever he's playing uh, over the last, I would say a year and a third, he's been incredible. He's showing big time power. He's shown the ability to hit some doubles and he's showing the ability to really go oppo and really provide some power. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm thrilled with Danny Jansen. Hopefully he can stay healthy and stay in the lineup. Uh, speaking of healthy and in the lineup, Dalton Varsho, we'll just touch on before we move on to the next one over the last month as well. Uh, hitting 252 with an OPS plus of around 120. So uh, Dalton Varsho, I'm, I'm happy with him. Yeah. Uh, by the way, second on the team in home runs for Dalton Varsho. Yeah. 14 for Bobachette, 12 for Dalton Varsho. So, I mean, if if Dalton Varsho has given me a, a 231 batting average, uh, but he's pushing a 25 to 30 home run pace and gold glove in the outfield, then uh, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, I will take an OPS plus of 120 every time. Like, heck yeah. Okay. So thanks for that one, Jenna. Next one comes from Discord. Uh, Original Blunt Smoking says, there haven't been many games where I thought we were outmatched this year. So many of our losses have felt totally winnable, which makes everything feel so much worse and so frustrating. Yeah, doesn't it? We touched on this right off the very top of the show of just like, it was almost easier to deal with an 11-0 blowout than it would have been if it was 2-0, which has been kind of the MO of this team over the last little while and really over the season. Can you take some positives out of that? I mean, maybe it, uh, it also feels like a detriment. It feels like an Achilles heel. It feels like these guys, when the chips are down, just don't quite have it to come up big and they got to figure that out. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, it was tough waking up this morning to do a podcast because the toxic positivity is running a little bit thin for me today. Yeah. Um, I'm having a hard time defending this team at the, at the moment. Uh, it's just everyone's underperforming. I don't know what else to say. Like, I always try to be as level-headed as possible when we turn these mics on. But if you were to see my group chat with my fantasy baseball team last night where we started talking Blue Jays, it was not pretty, buddy. Like, I was literally like, fire them all! (laughs) And I know darn well that John Schneider isn't the one who isn't driving in runs from second base. I am aware, you know? But there's just so many things about this team that I keep pulling my hair out about, and I... As level-headed as I try to stay, you know, after watching an 11 nothing loss, when I'm on my own to my own devices, 30 minutes after that loss in a group chat, yeah, I do not seem like a very reasonable fan at all. <laughs> so I get, I get, I get the feeling everyone's having, right? Like, we're all in this together, more so than the freaking players even, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, um, let me run down the list. Um, we're not going to do the full list, but I'm going to do... Uh, 12 players on the Blue Jays, okay? So bear with me while we run down 12 names 
these are by games played, the most games played on the Blue Jays. So here's what I want you to do, Scott. Mm -hmm. Simple. You can do thumbs up because that'll be great listening. Um, Or you could just tell me you're like happy or disappointed with uh, these players. Okay. Okay. You understand the rules of this game? I am fully on board here. Okay. So we'll start at the bottom. We'll work our way up. Uh, At the bottom is Santiago Espinal. Hitting 208 with an OPS of 561. Happy or disappointed? For the most part, I've been disappointed with Santiago Espinal. That said, he has kind of recovered from a very, very rough April and is more or less our 24, 25, 26 man on this roster. Not an everyday player. It's tough to be too disappointed in this type of player. And I, uh, I would say disappointed, but slowly coming around just like his season is so much for the law the the short answer scott um okay sorry i'm gonna keep track we're gonna we're gonna do a quick tally of how many people we're Mm -hmm. disappointed with okay uh so that's one for the disappointed with i'm just gonna chalk it up there slowly coming around doesn't quite count yet uh kevin biggio hitting 180 OPS six. Yeah, I same answer as Santi. I mean, yeah, put him in the disappointed. Okay, uh, Brandon Belt hitting two sixty three. I'm, I'm satisfied. Yeah. Uh, Alejandro Kirk disappointed. Kevin Kiermeyer satisfied. Whit Merrifield satisfied. Vladdy. Disappointed. <laughs> I've had a disappointment. Can you imagine if I was like, I'm actually pretty happy with how Vladdy's been going. Uh, Matt Chapman. Disappointed. Uh, George Springer. Disappointed. Dalton Varsho. Satisfied. Uh, Bobachet. Satisfied. Yeah. Hard not to be. Okay. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six. Well, that's an even split. Six and six. Um, do you win do you win a lot of baseball games when you're disappointed in half of your roster the answer is about four more than 500 (laughs) (laughs) yep and that about sums up where we're at so okay it's been a fun little game Um, (laughs) we'll revisit this in September and hopefully uh, things are different yeah agreed okay uh, last one here's a fun one to get to and then we're out of here uh, Scott Carter on YouTube, long time. I think he's been with us since day one. Yeah. Scott Carter says, uh, Carter. and I love this idea. So for the home run celebration, what if fans just do it and create a home run chant? Something like in the UK with football chants. And I love this idea. What's the downside in this? We just got to think of like a word or a thing to chant that yeah. isn't boo. <laughs> yeah i kind of like it too our own home run jacket but with words but with words all right that's the mailbag for today it's a bit of a shorter one uh we had a lot to get to but uh yeah i don't know what else to say hey appreciate all the interaction everybody honestly we truly do uh appreciate the grounds crew this community makes 
baseball every day so much more fun. And so thank you to everyone who is constantly contributing. We would love to see you out if you're in Calgary uh, Thursday at Bottle Screw Bills. We're doing the live podcast. And it, I think it would just be fun to all sit around afterwards and kind of, you know, talk some Blue Jays and actually meet some of these these mm-hmm. handles and names that we're just, you know, we're just internet friends right now. But let's make it official again. That starts at 7.30 on Thursday. You can get your tickets for that. They're going to be pinned in the comments and YouTube or in the show notes on the audio side of things. Walk off is the code to get your five bucks off. And again, we are giving a table of four away. All you have to do is if you're in Calgary and can make it DM Adam or I, Twitter at Walk Off Podcast or Instagram, the Walk Off Podcast, just say, hey, I'm in Calgary. Get me to the show and we'll put your name into the draw and we'll let you know tomorrow. All right, everybody. We will... See you Thursday night in Calgary. And uh, of course, we're going to be putting that up on Friday morning. All the best, everybody. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Walk Off Podcast with Scott Belford and Adam Mack with a new episode every Friday. Thanks for listening.